Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. If you have your Bible, you can pull it out. And uh, if you got to hold it up, don't be ashamed of the Word of God. Amen. That's awesome. If you don't have a Bible, it's going to, words will be on the screen for you. If you need a Bible, we'll give you one. We have those available in the hospitality room. We'd love to just give you a free gift there to give you a Bible. And believe God's Word is powerful. And, um, and it, is, it has changed our lives, and we learn it and understand it. And um, So I want you to take that. If you've been here for the last uh, uh, about six, seven weeks, you've been, you know what passage we're going to go through. Too. We're going to go to the book of Joshua, chapter 24. Joshua chapter 24, and uh, we're going to read two verses together before we pray, and uh, these two verses are, um, they're just have been the foundation for this series that we're doing right now called Flip My House, and um, we're talking about the home and how we get our house in order and the choices, decisions we make, and, uh, and just uh, over the next few weeks, we're going to be digging into some very important topics, so I uh, hope you can be here for the remainder of this series. But today i got some things I believe God wants to do specifically in each of us. And this is one of these words that if you apply these principles to your life, they'll work. I just, I promise you, they'll work for you. So uh, Joshua 24, when you got it, say amen. amen. I think we got enough to proceed. We're going to read verse 14 and 15. It says this, now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Hmm. We kind of got in their business a little bit. Choose for yourself whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river are the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But this is a decision. We have to make this Joshua choice daily for our life. And he says this, and I want you to read this with me. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Can you say that again? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's beautiful, man. Can we pray together? God, thank you for the Joshua choices that are being made in this church and in this, this place today. God, I thank you that families and, and legacies are changing and um, bloodlines are being affected and future generations of grandchildren and great-grandchildren are going to serve and know you because of the decisions that are being made in this room today. And our Father, I thank you right now, Father, we'll be ever mindful of that. And today we do celebrate your unstoppable love for us, God. And we thank you that you're always with us. And we give you praise for all those things. And now for your word, let it settle and speak to each of us today, God. Let each of us examine our hearts and lives today. And we ask this in the name above every name, Jesus. Amen. 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 We are in this series called Flip My House. And um, it has been, it's been awesome. I've been love, love, love teaching and, and just sharing during this series and hope you've been able to get some things out of this. And this is a decision and choice that we have to make daily, that we're going to serve God. And, and this decision and choice that we make, it does not just affect us today, but it does affect future generations. And, uh, and, and, and I'm thankful that there were people before me that made this choice and a decision in my family and that have affected me today, but I have to continue to make it. 
And uh, so tomorrow, I have to continue to make it. On Monday, I need to wake up and say, I'm going to serve the Lord. And this family and this house is going to serve the Lord. So these are decisions that you make daily for God. And I, I'm just excited that we're seeing houses being flipped here. We're seeing uh, bloodlines change. And, it, and it's just kind of cool to kind of watch this take place. And, um, and one of the things I'm excited, I've been able to do, and uh, it may just be the last time during this series, I don't know, but God's been allowing me to kind of look at some of the stories in Scripture. We've been spending some time in the Old Testament. And um, after, I guess it was about 20 about nine months that we spent in the book of Acts and uh, in the New Testament. I've been able to share some uh, stories from the Old Testament during this series, and I'm going to do that today. So if you've got your Bible, turn me, if you would, to uh, the book of First Kings. And um, uh, we're going to spend a few minutes there this morning. And uh, just, it's, again, um, not how I just kind of planned going into this series, what I just teach from. I know some things you put on my heart, but these, each week I say, God, take me to where you want me to go. And Show me what you have me say, and uh, so this is where we're at today, and I, I believe this is going to speak to each of our hearts, and, um, and I hope you can grab hold of these principles today, and I believe, again, that these are principles that when applied in your home, they'll work for you. They will work for you. This is, this is just God's word, and it's truth. And so we're going to hang out in 1 Kings uh, this morning in chapter 17, and uh, we're going to pick up in verse 8 is where we'll, we'll pick up at in the story, but just quick background, we're going to be talking about a guy named Elijah. Elijah is a prophet of God, uh, which means he would speak on behalf of God. God would speak to him. He would speak on behalf of God, and people would receive that in that light. Um, uh, thankfully, today we have God's word to speak to us. So, and there is no more sure word of prophecy than this book. And so we have prophecy that speaks to us daily that we can open up, that's available to us. Um, we can boldly approach the throne room of grace, and we have access to God ourselves, and he speaks to us today. But this is a time in life where these were prophets of God that they would speak to. And so you can look at the stories in these Old Testament uh, uh, stories, and you can see principles that are applied and that when acted upon, and as you look at these men of God, you also can apply these to your life with God. And so I hope that makes sense. It should by the end of this story. But uh, you see this guy here named Elijah, again, a prophet of God, and you would see him being spoken to by God, and he would listen, and he would get himself put in position according to what God would tell him to do and how God would lead him. And so we see, if you read the first uh, seven verses, we won't, but if you did, um, you would find out, again, the Holy Spirit, by God's voice, is directing him and leading him. He had put him beside a brook and uh, was meeting and giving provision to him during this time. He was meeting his needs. And then that brook dried up, and God had another place that he would, wanted to put him and use him. And so uh, we're going to pick up in verse 8, and that's where we'll find ourselves today. So verse 8 says this. It says, then the word of the Lord came to him saying, arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose, went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks and he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. And as she was uh, going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son 
that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake for it first, from it first, and bring it to me, and afterward make some for yourself and your son. Some important principles we're going to be learning in this, in this passage. And he says in verse 14, For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. Then the bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Now, um, I know I threw a kind of a good bit at you in that short amount of time, but I want to look at a couple of principles in this passage today that are critical when it comes to us flipping our home. And, uh, and it's going to be critical of what 2016 is going to look like for you. This is, I'm, th- th- today's message is going to be important and it will be a determining factor if applying your life of what this uh, next year will look like for your life. And so it's, it's huge. And I love this story today. And again, I love kind of what we're going to learn from it. And the first thing is this, if you're taking notes, um, the first one is this, that we have to learn to give God what we have. All right, we have to give God what we have. And uh, you have to come to a place where you give him what you have. Uh, she, she was, um, she, she didn't have much. I mean, to be honest, she had very little. Uh, and, and she had so little that she had just enough to where she was going to make this one last meal and then she was going to die. And some of them are like, man, well, that's kind of a, it's very sad. And it is very tragic, but true. She was at this place in her life to where she had just enough to make for her son and that was going to be their last meal. And uh, I, I don't know if you've ever been in that place in your life where, you know, you got to that point and God would show up or something would happen. But you have to be imagining how difficult this was for her. It even said that she got into this place of fear and Elijah asked her, do not be fearful. And so we've been dealing with that subject of fear. And I did that a couple of weeks ago. And so he tells her, do not be fearful. He says, but I want you to take this what you have and give it. And so it's, it's got to be a tough to get put in this position and in this place to give God what you have. And I, I, I want to share a couple of things that I believe are true hindrances that stop us from giving God what we have. And uh, the first one is this. The first thing is that we have is that we don't think we have anything to give to God. I mean, we think that we don't have anything to give to him. Uh, I, I know people that, who really feel that they don't have anything to offer to God. And I, I want you to know that is a lie from the pit of hell. I mean, itself. That is, that is Satan speaking into your ear. If you are even sitting here today thinking, man, I don't have anything to give to him. I, I have nothing to offer to him. That is a lie from the enemy. And I, uh, because this is what God has done. God has placed great purpose on the inside of each of us. Every person here, he's placed this in our hearts. He tells us in Scripture in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, he says this. He says that, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Think about how awesome that is. He said, But we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. 
I mean, we have something to offer. We have something to give. And you know why? It's because he created you and made you specifically for a plan. And so when you accept that lie, and if you believe that he can't use me, he can't do anything for me, uh, that you've accepted the, the lie of the enemy, and you know what will happen in your life? You'll never produce anything for the kingdom. And it's tough. And so you have to get this vision and see yourself as God's workmanship. We, we, uh, like I said earlier, we spent some time in Disney last week. And uh, one of the places we went to in the parks uh, over in Epcot, which is my favorite park. I love that place. And, and one of the things that we did is in the different countries you go into, there was a, a guy sitting there. And it was a, uh, just a guy, and he had just a knife, and he had just a stick. And it was amazing. I mean, if, if people would look at that stick and say, man, that's, that's not valuable. You can just throw that in the fire. And that's, going, that's not worth anything. Throw that in the trash. And, and you don't see the value in that. But he saw that stick differently. He saw that stick for what it could be. And he would take that stick, and it was just amazing. He would sit there and with just a stick and just whittling, I mean, and then he would make these beautiful pieces of, of art and beautiful workmanship. And it, I'm just, I'm looking at that man saying, man, that is so awesome. You know, that's what God does to us. He takes us and he creates us and he makes us, the Bible says, in his image. And, and, and he designs us and makes us into who he would have us to be. And sometimes he does things in our life and he cuts things off. And there are things that are taken away from us. And those things hurt and those things are frustrating. But this is, what, this is what we need to understand. He may be removing those things out of our life because there's another way and another perfect plan that he wants to use for us and do in our lives. And so we have to see this final picture. And God sees that. He sees it where his workmanship. And so you have to see this, that, man, I am valuable to him. I'm valuable to him. I have, I have purpose in my life that God created me and designed me. And don't ever, don't get up tomorrow morning and when the devil tells you you're not worth anything, man, you have nothing to offer. Don't accept the lie. I want you to see and hear truth today that you are his workmanship and you have something to give. And so you have to do it this way. You have to give God what you do have. So that's one of the first things is, is, is us kind of accepting the lie and believing that we don't have anything to offer. I believe the second hindrance is this, that, that we do this, that we want what somebody else has. We want what somebody else has. And so we do this. We say, well, if I had their gift, then I would do that. If I could sing or I could play or if I could do these things, I, if I had this and if I had that. You know, I've had people tell me this. Pastor, you know what I'm going to do? It, when I win the lottery, when I hit the jackpot, man, when, when I hit the big millions, you know what I'm going to do, man? I'm going to pay the whole building off. I'm going to buy you a truck. And so I'm like, man, I agree with you right now in Jesus' name that you're going to win. You know, but they say all these, they, they say these things and they do all that kind of stuff. And, and, and it's kind of fun and we joke about it and we have fun about it. And they say this, if I had all this. But the question becomes this, what are you doing with what you do have? What are you doing with what you do have, uh, with what he has given you? And, and don't look at it always, man, if he gives me this, then I'll do that. Take what he's placed in your hands. If, if she would have done that, if, if this widow would have taken that jar and that oil and, that, and made that cake and ate of it, that would have been their last meal. But because they took what they had and gave it and used it and, and didn't say, well, if I had a jar full, I'd hook you up. If I, had a, if I had an overflow, had some extra, I would do this. That's not what he said. He said, give to him. And so she gives to him. And so she doesn't look at something else. And I used to do this, man. I used to, I used to look at other people's gifts, and I would want their gifts so bad. Uh, I, for me, my struggle was this. I wanted to be a musician. 
I just, I just did. I wanted to be a musician. I, I, this is what I was going to do. I was going to grow my hair down to about right here. I was going to grow my hair down to about right there, and I was going to play the guitar, man, and I was going to travel around the world, and, and I was going to be the next striper. And if you don't know who Striper is, you need to come to the altar when we open it up today because you don't know Jesus. Oh, I'm not just it's great 80s Christian rock band. Young people have your parents show you that. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. But I was going to be the next Striper, and I was going to have my hair down to here. And I, I remember, I, I could see, I could visualize, I could see it. I could see myself on the stage. And you got to stand a certain way when you play, when you know, at that level. And I could see myself coming back <laughs> and, then, and, then, and, then, and then coming forward. And I could see it. And I was like, man, this is, it's going to be incredible. And I'm going to go around the world, and I'm going to just play the guitar. And, and it was amazing. I wanted this gift so much. You know what I did? I paid somebody to try to teach me. I did. I paid somebody. I took up the bass guitar. And, and I figured it's got four strings. Guitar got six I should be better off with the, with the bass. I should, do, I should work out better, but I'm going to learn the bass. And so I went and paid somebody money, and I sat with them, and I gave them, it was like 15, 20 bucks an hour. Back in the day, that was a big bang. And so I'm sitting there, and they're teaching me this stuff, and, and I'll sit there, and I'll go home, and i take my mullet, and i try to just flip it and try to do it, and it did not work. It didn't work for me, and I wanted it so bad, and, and, and it was frustrating to me because, man, I wanted to be that, and I wanted to do that, and then this is what would happen. Then I went and I had a son, and if y'all know that's my son, my son's one who stands right here on Sunday mornings, and, and this is what blows my mind about him. He didn't have any lessons, none, no lessons, and he, and he picked up the guitar, and it wasn't just didn't immediately start going off and doing stuff and didn't immediately just start tickling. But man, it was just amazing. He had a gift. And he did. He, and so he can get up and play. And I see people's lives. And man, they have certain gifts. And I'm going, man, I want what they have. And you know what happens so many times? We spend our time watching someone else. And we miss what God's put in us. You know why I don't, you know why I don't travel around the world and do that? <laughs> he didn't want me to. But you know, he has placed things inside of me that he can use for the kingdom. He's placed things inside of you, and he has a purpose for you. So don't look at, well, if I had this, then I would do that. Look at what you have and say, God, here it is. I give it to you. I give it to you freely. And you watch when you give God what you have, you watch what he'll do in your life. It is a beautiful thing. So give him what you have. The second principle we see, man, and it is, it is amazing, and it's something we follow so many times is this. I want you to give to God first. You see this principle here in this passage, in this story, and this is, this is huge. Uh, we, and this is a, something that we see in this passage. You can go throughout the whole entire scripture, and this principle works. This principle is just in the Bible. It's everywhere you look. Uh, in, in, in just New Testament, Old Testament, the end of the story. I mean, it's everywhere you look. You see a principle where he wants you to give to him first, not what's left. Not what's left. And when we do that, if we give him what's left, if what if should have done this? I'm going to make us that meal. I'm going to make us that little cake. We're going to take it. We're going to eat. And then if we get full, and then if we have some leftovers, we'll give it to you. You know what happened? Man, that story would have ended with her. That story would have ended with her. But she didn't do that. She said, I'm going to take what I have. 
I'm going to give it to you first. And then we watch this principle just begin to unfold in her life. And again, Scripture says this throughout, throughout the Bible. It says in Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. How many times we mess that up? How many times do we want to seek the things and then add God to it? We want to do it that way. It's not what he tells us. He says, man, I want you to seek me first, and then he's going to add the things. He's going to put everything in place in our life that we need in order. And so we watch that unfold when we do this. And so we say, God, I'm going to give you my first and my best. And throughout Scripture, Proverbs 3, 9, another Scripture, he says this. He says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Not when it's convenient, not when it feels good, not when if, if everything's in place, you do what you want, and then everything else is good, then I'm going to give him what's left. It's not what he says. He can't work with that. He, there's an order and a plan for our life. And he says this. He says, I want you to give me your first. And this word first fruits here in the original Hebrew, it means this. It means the first, best, chief, and choice part. This is the best chief choice part. And this is how you have to come to the place where you understand that it's all his. Everything. It's all his. And when you understand that everything you have is his, it's easier to give him just part of it. It's going to be so much more simple. But when you see it as yours, as it is mine, see, my life is mine. No, I, I crucify my life. I kill my flesh. I, I, I laid that down. I give to him first. And so we have to make this decision. I, um, I, I said earlier that we, we got to go spend a week in Disney, man, and that was a blessing. I mean, it was, it was a wonderful thing to be able to go, spend time with our family, and get away and enjoy that time together and, uh, and, and, and spend time there and do that. But, but here's one thing that we have done first, and this is, this is just truth, and it's a principle, and it applies, and it works. And so that's why I'm telling you the story. We didn't take any of God's money and give it to Mickey Mouse. We didn't do that. We didn't take what's God's and give to a Mickey Mouse because here's what happens when you do that. When you take what's God's and give to Mickey Mouse, then you've got to start looking to Mickey Mouse to save you. Mickey Mouse didn't get on the cross. Mickey Mouse didn't take stripes upon his back, get in the grave, die three days later, rise from the grave, ascend to heaven and come again. Jesus did that for us. So I'm not going to take those things that belong to him. Again, nothing wrong with having and doing things. Matter of fact, I believe when we do this, we see principles that work for us and that he gives us more. Man, and she was able to go to that jar and she was able to get flour out. She was able to go and get oil out. She was able to keep making some food for the family and have a great time. But she took it and she gave to him first. And so listen, we have to do this in our life. We have to take what he gives us and then give it to him first. So we do this. God, here's my life. Here it is. I, I give it to you. Everything that I have, and I give it to you first. Not what's left. I give it to you first. So this takes a level of trust. Proverbs 3, 5 says this. He says that every word of God is pure. Every word of God is pure. And he is a shield to those who put their trust in him. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. You have to put that trust in him. You have to put yourself in the position, in the place for this. And so it took a level of trust for her to do this. It took a level of trust for her to make up that cake and, 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 and make up that piece of bread or whatever and, and give that to Elijah. 
But she put a level of trust there, and that's what it's going to take for you to do this. We give to God, and we give it to him first, and we trust that he knows what's best for our life. And when you do this, watch what he does for you. Let's, let's pick up in verse 17 of, uh, of chapter 17. In verse 17, we're going to see the next and last principle in this, in this uh, message today. Verse 17 says this. Now it happened after these things that the son of a woman who owned the house became sick. And his sickness was so serious that there was no breath left in him. So she said to Elijah, what have I to do with you? Oh, man of God, have you come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to kill my son? And he said to her, give me your son. Important, man. We give to him. Give me your son. So he took him out of her arms, carried him to the upper room where he was staying, and laid him on his own bed. Now, again, he's staying at their house, but yet he's saying this is his bed. Remember how this represents the Lord in our life? That, he had, that they, she had set up a residence for him to dwell there. He was not a visitor. This was his place. She set a residence up for him to, where he could come in. And so, and you see, if you studied this out, uh, you would know that this upper room in this household was the best. It was like our master bedroom today. We give him our best, and we place him there. And so he gives him this. He lays him on the bed. And verse 20 says this, Then he cried out, to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, my God, have you also brought tragedy on the widow with whom I lodged by killing her son? And he stretched himself out on the child three times and cried out to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, my God, I pray, let this child's soul come back to him. Then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came back to him. And he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper room into the house and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, see, your son lives. Then the woman said to Elijah, now by this I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is the truth. Last principle today, I, I feel like God wants us to, to look at, and as we flip our home and put these things in order, and as we even walk into a new year, is this, and it's huge. Don't let emotions stop you. Don't let emotions stop you. I, 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 I think there's a few things wrong in this passage. Again, she learned how to trust God, and she gave to him first. She gave him her, her best, and she trusted in this area. But what she did was this. She got herself in the place to where she let emotions take over. She let emotions take over. And I, I, I think this put her in a position to where she had a couple of things that needed to be done differently. The first one was this. She had the wrong view of God. She had the wrong view of him because she looked at this. And when this happened, she goes to the man of God, which again, representing God himself. She went to the man of God and got in his face and said, why did you do this to me? 
Why did you put me in this position, put me in a place to where you're going to bring these, uh, my sins to remembrance? It's almost as if she was saying, you're highlighting my failures and my faults and the things that I've done wrong. You're highlighting those things. And as a result, now this is why God came and took my son because you did these things. And listen, you, it, it, this is huge. She had this wrong view of who God was. And, and I, I, I've just seen this. Emotions take us places. And um, and emotionally, um, I, th- I think God gives them to us. I, th- I, believe, I believe God gives us emotions, and it's okay to get emotional. We get emotional about God's love for us and those things. We get emotional when things happen that we don't like. And, uh, and imagine uh, the difficulty for this lady, when she did, for her to be put in this position. Again, a widow, she had no husband. The, s- the son that she did have, now it's gone. That's going to get you emotional. Matter of fact, I've, I've seen the... The, the mama bears rise up. Who's seen what I've, I don't know? Who's a mama bear? Don't, don't raise your hand. Especially if you sit beside one. Chief, that was good. Put that down quick. The mama bear, mama bear ri- rise up quick. They're in the altars praying for somebody. They're so they spiritual, man. They on Facebook putting scriptures up and, and, and they, they, they pray and they're, they're at the school, man, witnessing and something happens to their kids, hair growing out. They start growling, claws come out and they turn this mom bear. You know why? Because they're emotional. It's their emotions. And, and it's okay. We're emotional people. But listen, don't let the emotions stop you. And this is what she had done. She had gotten herself in this place to where, again, she's seen God work. She watched the manifestation of God show up. But then when she let the emotions come in, and again, emotions are tough, especially to be in this situation. I've sat with people. I've been with families. This is the most difficult thing in the world, to lose someone you love. It is, it is it's, it's heartbreaking, and it is emotional. But let the emotions not do what it did to this woman. This woman did this. Listen to this same verse. In the Message Bible, 1 Kings 17, verse 18, it says this. The woman said to Elijah, why did you ever show up here in the first place? This is a paraphrase of scripture. It kind of puts it in our understanding. This is a message translation. It says this. Why did you ever show up here in the first place? A holy man barging in, exposing my sins and killing my son. Wow. And... Thankfully, again, he, he acted the way God acts. And he took the son, and he, he took the situation, and he turned it around. But I don't know. I, I, I kind of would want to just say, lady, I just filled up your jar for you. You got all, oh, y'all, y'all been eating because of it. And, and you want to say these things. But again, emotions put her in that place. And, and I, I think, again, it's a, it's a beautiful picture of what happens here is God understands this sometimes. And when we do get in this difficult place, but yet he'll take that and he'll turn it around. When we let him. And we need to do what, what we see here in Scripture of how Elijah handled this situation. Because look, he got just as emotional. He got just as, as, as kind of uh, in, in, intense and, and, and just as, 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 I believe, kind of emotionally charged as she did. And he says this in verse 20. He says, Then he cried out to the Lord and said, uh, You also brought tragedy on the widow with whom I lodged by killing her son? You see this? He goes to God and he's saying, man, why did this happen? Why did this take place? But look at what he, he lets the emotions do. He lets the emotions drive him and put him in a position to where he gets closer to God. And look at what he does. Verse 21 said that he stretched himself out on the child three times and he cried out to the Lord and said, oh Lord, my God, I pray. 
Know what we need to do when, when the things happen in our life and the difficult situations arise? Yeah, very emotional. And they're, very, they're very hurtful. And, and no way can we lessen that. But let those things that happen in your life drive you closer to him. And Elijah does this. He actually goes to God. He lets, this, let, he, he lets this come and put him in a position and in a place to where he cries out and he prays and he gets closer to God. And this is a couple of things that he does that, that I think are incredible, incredible. He prays specifically, and he doesn't pray a small prayer. He, he doesn't just pray comforter. Help her get through this thing. He prays big prayers, and he gets specific. And, and I, I want us, as we leave this year and go into the next year, I want you to start praying big stuff. Don't limit God. Don't limit him. I, 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 I feel like, man, one of the things God spoke to me this week, and it's, again, it's funny how I can speak to you in certain places, but we were in Epcot, and Epcot has the world showcase or showcase of worlds or something like this. And it's like 11 countries that they have set up and all decorated, and people from that countries work there, and they fix food from there, and so you, you have China, Japan, um, all these, I don't even know, man, it was just crazy, man. Norway, Germany, you have all these places right beside, and you can just walk through all these countries, and, and, and you just, and you, you hear all the music, and I mean, it's just, I mean, it just, it's just a trip, and man, I started thinking about something, we talked about this a little bit when we were in Epcot, and I said, man, I said, I want you, I, I started thinking about the verse where God says that the place that you set your foot, he's going to give you, and I was like, man, I got 11 countries <laughs> right here, man, this is pretty cool, and, 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 and Lord reminded me of something I've been doing when I, when I jog, I, if I'm jogging in Malden, you know one of the things I've been praying, I said, God, give us this city. I'm jogging, struggling, and I'm praying, God, give us a city, and, and it's cool. He's been giving us interest in things. I've been praying as I, as I jog I'm in Simpsonville, my city where we live, and, and I've been praying, saying, God, give this a city, and, and it's a trip. He's just been connecting us with people and, and, and giving us interest into places, and it was because I really believed that we were praying, and I was asking God to do this for us, and you know what I started doing On, in Disney World and Epcot? I was walking through, and I said, God, give us China. God, give us Norway. Lord, give us Germany. And, and I'm, it's not for our fame, but for his and for his name. And I was sort of praying. I said, man, I've been praying small. And you're saying, Pastor, what, what, how big are you wanting to get this thing? Man, I want to take Jesus around the world. I want to take him around the world. I, I, God didn't just place us here to just for one little small part of the upstate of one state. God's called us to change a world, and we do that through his name. And so we do this, and we start believing, and so we got to pray big, pray specifically. And he got very specific in this thing, and he started asking something that had never been done before. In Scripture, there was no manual for this. He had never seen this take place. This had never been done. And he starts asking of something that had never been done before. And this is what I want us to do as we walk into this next year. I want us to begin to ask him of things we've never seen. I want him to give us, ask him to give us interest to places and, and give us uh, miracles and signs and wonders and things, man, that's going to amaze the world. I want to ask for those things, believe for those things. I and mean, I believe when we do, you know what we're going to do? Receive those things. Amen. I want you to stand with me if you would, please. And I want you to take a moment. And I want to ask you a couple of questions. The worship team gets ready to come around. And, and, and as we do this, please don't zone out right here. Please stay, stay tuned in the best you can for a moment. I want you to think for a moment. Have you done this in some of the areas of your life? Have you done it with, maybe with salvation? 
Have you done that with salvation? Have you let emotions stop you? Have, have you let maybe, well, if, if I do this and I may have to give up something or, or whatever, which again, that's a lie. You can get so much more than you give when you say yes to Jesus. It's not even close, not even close. We, we get so much more. Uh, have, you, have you done something maybe this, this, this year that maybe you said, man, I haven't given this to God. Maybe there's an area of your life that you, that you haven't, that you know. Maybe it is your life to him. But maybe there's a certain area. I, I believe for some, there's going to be some people, God's going to speak just one thing specifically to you in this service. There's been some areas you've been doing well, and you've been walking him, but there's, there's some things that you know that God's been speaking to you, and you say, man, I haven't given him this thing. What is it today that you haven't given to him? And what is it this, this? maybe you haven't given to him first? You said, all right, I'm going to wait, and if there's something left, I'll give no, what area? And so ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. I just want you to bow your heads for a moment, if you would, and just close your eyes. And I, I want to ask this question of you first. First of all, man, the greatest thing we can give to him is just ourself. And you may be saying, man, that's not much. I don't have much to give to him. Why would he want me anyway? I'm a mess. No, 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 you're his workmanship. You're his workmanship. And he can take that mess and he can completely turn it around. If if that's you, you you may today need to say, "I, I need to give my life to God. Some of you may need to be saying right now, there's, there's something I've been holding on to. I need to give over to him. If there's some people that's been letting emotions stop you instead of drive you, if you would do this, if you would take those emotions and those things that you feel inside of you and quit letting them push you away from God, he could propel you to a place in the kingdom and do things in your life that would be a part of changing this world I'm talking about. So, Father, speak to hearts now, Lord. Speak to our hearts right now, Lord. And just heads about eyes are closed. If as you, you know the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about some things right now. I just want you just to lift your hand up to the Lord right now. Just lift your hand up to Him. Amen. A lot of hands. You just, you just know there's some things God is, is calling you. There's some things that you need to give over to Him. And, 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 and just some of you need to give control over. Well, I mean, you, you, wanted, you wanted to be in control. That was one of my struggles for a long time. You wanted to be in control. You just need to give controls over to Him. There's some things you need to give over to him first. You say, God, I want to give to you first. There's some areas, maybe emotions have been been ruling you instead of the word leading you. So, Father, speak to hearts. Just raise it up. Anybody else, just raise them up. I want to do something this morning like we do every week. We we close our services out around here with with a last worship song, and we pray for one another. We pray with each other. We pray to God, and we've seen God work so many miracles, and, and there's so many more things he's going to do in our lives and in his church. And the best truly is yet to come for us. And I, I, just, I want to see God move today in, in, in this place. And if today you've raised your hand, or if you want to do this today, you, you just want to do this. You want to say, God, I want to give you my life fully complete. I'm a Christian, but I just want to give you my life and ask you to use me. There's some of you today that have purpose inside of you, and you've been struggling to find that. Listen, God will, God will reveal that to you. He'll show it to you. It may not be what you wanted to do, but it'll be what he's called you to do. And listen, what he's called you to do will be greater than what you ever wanted to do. I promise you.